Passion Tide because we focus on the passion or suffering of Jesus. We veil these statues and pictures in church and we don't say Gloria Patri, glory be to the Father after the Psalms and Canticles at uh, the liturgies. It's, it's a hard habit to break for those of us who say the daily offices. You go right into glory be to the Father and, you always, and by the time you get used to not doing it, it's Easter and you're supposed to do it again. But anyway, that's the idea. And these liturgical changes um, just give the last two weeks of Lent a, a certain penitential feel. They heighten the mood as we get ready for Easter. The Passion Sunday lessons set the table for our meditation on the Passion by reminding us who Jesus is and what his suffering accomplishes. In the Gospel, Jesus says, Before Abraham was, I am. The Epistle tells us, quote, By his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. I am is the name God gave to himself when he met Moses on Mount Sinai. By saying, before Abraham was, I am, Jesus is identifying himself distinctly as God. And the reaction of his adversaries makes it clear that they understood what he was saying. The claim of Jesus to be God is the central bone of contention in debates about the gospel. If Jesus is really and truly God, then we need to repent, believe, and obey, not debate. To avoid the call to repentance and faith, we must deny that Jesus is the Son of God. If we can reduce Jesus to a mere prophet or a wise man, then we can manage him and his message. We can bargain about the extent to which his teachings apply to us. People in the New Testament rejected Jesus' claim to be God because his divinity is hidden beneath his humanity. And his glory was revealed through the cross. People wanted a display of power. They did not recognize the power of God that was exhibited through a holy life and a holy death that reconciled humanity with God. And it is the same today. People reject Jesus claimed to be God because he doesn't seem to be exercising divine authority over evil in the world. They do not recognize his conquest of sin in human hearts. They do not realize that God cannot make a new world until he first makes new people. The transformation that Jesus accomplishes works from the bottom up from people outward, not from the top down. It begins in the hearts of sinful humans, but it will end with new bodies and a new creation. The New Testament does give us a more visibly glorious uh, version of Jesus. In Revelation chapter 1, St. John, the writer of today's gospel, sees the risen and ascended Christ in all of his glory. 
and he communicates his vision. He writes, quote, I saw one like the Son of Man. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp, two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his hand upon me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead and am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. St. John in this vision saw the risen and glorified Jesus. We see in Passion Tide the glory of the crucified Jesus. But it is the same person and the same glory, and it will have the same effect on us if we have eyes of faith to see him. When we see the glory of Jesus, the Son of God, revealed to us on the cross, we, with St. John, fall at his feet as dead as we recognize our mortality and our sinfulness in contrast with his glory. With Isaiah the prophet, who had a vision of the glory of God, we say, woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of sinful lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of sinful lips. Mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. With St. Peter, after the miraculous catch, we say, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. However, the glorious presence of Jesus, the Son of God, does not destroy us. St. John fell at Jesus' feet as though he were dead, but Jesus said to him, do not be afraid. Isaiah the prophet was undone by his vision of God, but God sent a coal from the heavenly altar to cleanse his lips, and he sent Isaiah out as a prophet. Peter said, depart from me, but Jesus said, fear not, I will make you a fisher." Of men. The Son of God died for the very sins He reveals in us so that we can be restored to union with God. This is the glory of the cross. As the epistle says, quote, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. In our life of prayer, we grow in our vision of Jesus. This leads to a a greater awareness of our sin, but it also leads to better confessions and then a greater experience of grace and forgiveness. 
We are not ready yet to enter into the full glory of God's presence. We are not ready yet for what the tradition calls the beatific vision. The life of prayer is preparing us for this vision by a process of growth and sanctification. The goal of Lent is to make a good confession that will lead us to a renewed experience of grace and a greater freedom to love God and to love our neighbor. A good confession develops over time. As we grow closer to Jesus in the life of prayer, we see ourselves more clearly in the growing light of his presence. We begin with an awareness of the ways we've outwardly violated the commandments. Our confession progresses to awareness of our motives. We begin to see how sometimes we have faulty inward motives and we cover those up with outward actions that look righteous. Ultimately, we come to see that all of our sin is a failure to love as we ought to love. As we grow in repentance and faith, we learn to distinguish between the voice of Jesus and other voices. The other voices make us feel guilty in order to condemn us. Jesus convicts us in order to save us. As we grow, we learn to let go of the wounds and disappointments from our past. We learn that in order to be forgiven, we must forgive. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. To forgive means to give up our right of retribution and also to give up our need for anything to be any different than it is. To forgive in this way, we must learn to trust in God's sovereignty, his ability to bring his will out of our pain. We cannot receive the good that God has for us now unless we let go of the good we wanted but did not get in some other place. So let us finish our Lenten preparations for Easter by asking Jesus to reveal to us what he wants us to see about ourselves. By making a good confession, by receiving the forgiveness of our sins, and by forgiving those who have sinned against us. Before Abraham was, I am. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.